Greetings and salutations. You've successfully arrived at the bloody, disgusting network. The passage of time will now bring you to something strange, unique, and idiosyncratic. Have a good time. You're killing people. No, I'm killing boys. Whether she's a femme fatale or a woman scorned, a man-eater or a wicked stepmother, she's a lady. And we're here to tell you about her. Welcome to the Lady Killers. Welcome to the Lady Killers, a feminine rage podcast. I am your host, Jennifer's Body Adams, and I am loving this November weather. Aside from October, this is my favorite time of the year, and not just because it's my birthday month. It's because the leaves are falling from the trees, hot men are wearing sweaters, and we are getting closer and closer to National Sweet Potato Casserole with Marshmallows Day, which is one of the best days of the year. I've been waiting we, all year. That's I know. It's when so I think good. October, I think Sweet Potato Casserole and Marshmallows Day. With marshmallows, yes, caramelized marshmallows. You know, some people eat sweet potatoes without marshmallows and in a casserole. It's and sacrilege. It's just, I know. What, what are we doing here? Well, as we smash our pumpkins and finish off the Halloween candy that I definitely stole from my kids, we've gathered here to talk about a very bad lady. Heads will roll as we tackle the 1999 film, Sleepy Hollow. I'm adding in a ba-dum-ts there. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You may just want to keep that on standby, May, because I am queen of the dad joke, although I'm going to reclaim it as mom jokes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right, but I'm not alone. I'm joined by a fabulous panel of lady killer experts, a Supreme Court of female serial killers, if you will, except that we are not actually killers. We just judge them. <laughs> Allegedly, we're not yeah, killers. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're not going to admit to anything on a recorded podcast. I'm also still just trying to figure out who's the Amy Coney Barrett among us. <laughs> oh, bite your tongue, Rocco. <laughs> no Amy Coney's allowed on the Supreme Court. <laughs> Don't get me started on that. That right, means it's I me, will. then, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you can't tell who the Amy Coney Barrett it's is, you. you're the yeah. Amy Coney Barrett. <laughs> oh, oh, hello, those one-star reviews. <laughs> and also, hello, Sammy. Say hello and tell us what is on your post-spooky season watch list. This is Sammy Ichapod Crane. Uh-huh. I've been sitting on that all day, so I love <laughs> I'm it. glad that I got to use it. Kaigendall, and I just put that in there, my last name. And my favorite November horror movie was a movie I was supposed to see this last Friday, but I was sick, is Adam Weingard's 2011 film, You're Next, because oh, it's good. a family dinner setting, and it just feels like a catastrophe. It is a catastrophe and it's very relatable for me because that's how most of my Thanksgivings were growing up without the bloodshed. I actually, you know, I'm sure there was the occasional bloodshed. The blender incident. (laughs) Exactly. And it's also a home invasion movie and fun. And that's, those are two words that typically don't go together. So I just, I think it's innovative and different and I, I watch it usually every November. 
which was weird that I thought they, cause they scheduled it in October and I was like, this isn't really an October movie. It's a November movie. Feels like and, movie. And, yeah. and responsible for bringing Barbara Crampton back swinging. That's right. She is, I spoilers. Actually it's not spoilers, but suitable flash is so good to everyone. Oh my God. Shutter. I loved it. I, I loved it too. To see it. She also makes me cry in your next when the, the daughter, I don't want to spoil it, but her scene oh, is very yeah. emotional. <laughs> well, you just heard her voice. May say hello and tell us what are you watching after spooky season? Hi, this is May Dusa Schultz. I'm I'm sticking with it. It's a running <laughs> theme. It. I'm always gonna have a little Medusa in me. <laughs> so after spooky season, I generally keep watching horror movies because that's just part of who I am. I I matched with someone on a dating app recently and they were like, oh, I don't like horror movies. And I was just like, I, oh, I, swipe I left. I, I, yeah, I, like I don't want to keep talking to you. It's such an important part of who I am that like I just feel like I can't date someone who doesn't watch them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, as someone who did that for many years, uh, it was it's it's not a fun time. No, yeah. no, it's and boring. That's why I'm, I'm so glad that like all of my friends like scary movies. I told y'all off mic before Erica and I watched Saw 4 and Saw 5 today. We're still, we're making our way through them. I'm hoping that we get through all eight of them. Yes, eight before we go see Saw 10 in the theater. Well, that's why you still haven't seen it. Yeah, I know. It's really good. I loved it. And who is Erica for our listeners, May? Oh, Erica's my best friend. Uh, (laughs) Sorry. Erica's my best friend. She's our mascot. Yeah, I mean, kind (laughs) of. She lives around the corner from me, and we do a lot of stuff together, including we're about to see our 10th Bride of Music Box of Horrors movie tonight. So that should be exciting. I know. You've shown up to almost every showing. It's I'm, like, very impressed. I, You know, we, we love it there. I'm jealous. As everyone should. Yes, I <laughs> love to Chicago. Yeah. Well, and Rocco, I'm saving you for last because... I have a a suspicion that I might know what's on your post-spooky season watch list. Say hello and tell us, what are you watching at the beginning (laughs) of November? (laughs) Yes, so I am Rocco T. Thompson, encourager, supporter, and enthusiast of feminine rage. (laughs) I love that as your nickname. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. It felt right, and I'm sticking with it. Much like May. (laughs) Could be the title Um, of your memoir, too, which I hope it is one day. (laughs) I would buy it. But I did choose this title for this episode. You know, Sleepy Hollow is always my sort of transitional film. I will watch it Halloween night as, you know, midnight hits or the next day, just because it starts on Halloween and then continues into November. However, deeper into November, (laughs) I pretty much get horror movied out throughout the month. I think a part of it is that I'm insistent on watching stuff I've never seen before. So October (laughs) can be pretty rough. You know, if you're Mm. not watching old standbys, you kind of set yourself up for a lot of misery. (laughs) Yeah. Really roll the dice on a lot of those, you know. (laughs) I mean, I was finally watching Sleepwalkers today and Urban Legends Final Cut, and I'm like, what am I doing with myself? (laughs) (laughs) Was it your first time with Sleepwalkers? Yes. Did you like it? Um, it's not terrible. It is you know. neat. That's exactly that's the the headline. It's not terrible. Yeah. It's got some you fun know. moments though. Urban yeah. Legends Final Cut, however, is terrible. <laughs> okay, all you have to say is Sleepwalkers. It's a Mick Garris movie. Yep, there it okay. is. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. That's it. Fair. And that can take you know? it as you like. Take that as you see it. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> but so November, you know, I have a weird thing, you know, holidays, deeper into the holidays, I always, it gets me in the mood for James Bond. I rewatched the entire franchise pretty frequently. I was a big fan in school, reading the books in middle school at my Catholic school with sort of like the dirty, you know, buxom women on the covers and getting in trouble. <laughs> if only they knew. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I don't know why that is, why the holidays make me think of James Bond. There's some good Christmas sequences, but I think it goes back to like, is it Spike TV? You know, they would have James Bond marathons yeah. all the time. I think when like, you know, dads were home for the holidays. It's the dad channel. Like, yeah, it's yep. dad programming. So. TNT and Spike are like, when I think of dads, that those are their channels. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I used to watch a lot of Hitchcock on TNT, which yeah. I think for the same reason. I loved TNT. I loved the behind oh, the DVD stuff. That was my shit. No, it's great. <laughs> So yeah, I will take a little hiatus from horror to introduce some other stuff in there, but you know, it always comes back pretty quick. So Yeah, I'm the same way. I mostly when November hits, I watch all of the stuff I've been meaning to watch or mm-hmm. that has come up in October that's not horror cuz I just I just can't really make myself watch anything that's not scary during October. So then yeah. I have a whole bunch of stuff that people have told me is really good. I'm like soon as it's November 1st. But my standby, the thing I always want to watch in November is Suspiria 2018. And we've had some conversations off mic about this. And I know we've got some varying feelings about it. It'll be my it. first time. So I'm excited to cover it because I We're going to cover it. it at some point. Yeah. There's something about the vibe of it. Like it's very muted, autumnal, you know. And mm-hmm. I feel like that is a very, it's an ASMR movie for me. Like even though it's like really grisly in some scenes, but there's just something about it. I've watched that fucking movie three times in one day because I just, as like a background, like I just, the vibes I feel like are very autumn, but not Halloween, you know? So yeah, Jen and I are very different. My problem is I'm always looking for new. Jen is the complete opposite. (laughs) Oh yes. I am a rewatch queen. Either way. I one time watched School of Rock over and over again all day while I was (laughs) homeschool. Like I can, or home from school sick. I can like recite that entire movie. I just would like press play over and over again. My mom was like School of Rock again. We can't, I can't listen to stick it to the man Neosis anymore. (laughs) That was me with Annie. And you know what else I watch on repeat? And actually is a really good November. It's not technically horror, but Chernobyl, the HBO documentary. I've watched that twice in one day, too, because it's just... Oh, I love, God, that's I, a that's, dark one. I know, but it's so good. It's that so is good, my OCD talking, too. <laughs> just play it on repeat. Jen just out here like, Martyrs is my Christmas movie. <laughs> I mean, Martyrs is really good. <laughs> I've watched that on repeat as well, too. Oh, my sometimes, God. <laughs> I spit on your grave writing on something Easter, about you know, it. That's like a perfect <laughs> Easter movie. <laughs> hey, Inside is a Christmas movie. I mean... You're right. With a female killer. Ooh. <laughs> well, enough about the movies we're not talking about today. Let's talk about our lady of the hour. So today we're talking about a very special lady. She's special for a lot of reasons, but she's also special because I think her first name might actually be Lady. Like, for all we know, that <laughs> is her, her first name because I don't think we ever find out. Maybe it's Archer. I don't know. She's like but, Lady and the Tramp. Exactly, yeah, her twin brothers that they don't make out, because that would be weird if they were twins. Mm. It's not Amityville Um, (laughs) (laughs) 2. Let's introduce our special lady in our first section, Who Is She? Oh, you're cute. Like a velvet glove cast in iron, and like the gas chamber, Varla, a real fun gal. 
Today, we are talking about Lady Van Tassel. Yay, that is her character name. And the film we are talking about, we already said, is Sleepy Hollow. And she's played by Miranda Richardson. And my first question to you is her villain reveal dress. Have we ever seen a dress more stunning? Oh, my gosh. No, absolutely. It's fucking incredible. It suits her character so well. I mean, every outfit she wears is absolutely wonderful and i want to wear all of them it's like met gala worthy i wrote in my notes like sleepy hollow should be a theme for the met gala one year i would love that or just like tim burton in general but i would never do that but i love that dress it's it's every dress she wears in this fucking movie is stunning i the corsets man they get me every time Well, and so Morocco, you are famously (laughs) immune to boobs, but do you still also appreciate this dress? (laughs) Oh, absolutely. So it always brings me back to mind. So I have a a weird thing for Mae West. She's always been one of my favorites. I have a Mae West tattoo that I don't love so much. Wait, do you know that she's 50% of the reason I named myself Mae? No way! Yeah! That is amazing! That's so serendipitous. I love stuff like that. It was 50% her, 50% the main character of the video game Night in the Woods. Oh my god! Well, so this is a conversation we definitely have to have. Today. Yes, <laughs> but yeah, I love Mae West. Um, but she has this iconic, amazing, you know, spider web dress. Maybe it's a shawl. Maybe it's a wrap. I can't quite remember myself without looking at it. But it always <laughs> brings me back to that. So yeah, Lady Van Tassel, just a stunning outfit, of course. <laughs> oh yeah, she's fantastic. I love her in this movie. You might say she slays. Mm, she like does that. slay. Yeah. I think pencil roll. That was a tagline. (laughs) (laughs) Do we know Miranda Richardson from other things, or is this like sort of our touch point for her? I think this was the first thing I saw her in. It might be the first thing I've seen her in, but she's one of those people that I feel like I've seen her in a bunch of things. She reminds me of Essie Davis. I think I get her mixed up too, you know? But I don't know. What what Rocco, what was your first introduction to Miranda Richardson? Do you know? I think she may have been in, I, I know her from, what's his name? Director of Batman and Robin. Joel Schumacher. Uh, yes. She's in go. Joel Schumacher's Phantom oh. of the Opera. Ooh, I don't think she's she had. She, oh. No, the thing I know her from is absolutely from Goblet of Fire. Because she's oh, yeah. Rita, Rita Skeeter. Skeeter. Rita yeah. Skeeter, yes. I, like, now that I'm looking at her filmography, which is sad that I didn't do this before. Sorry, guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm a <laughs> from the pro. franchise. Real pro. Well, this is also This is also, I think, important because, like, she's an actress that, you know, isn't known to us in the U.S. very well. And the funny thing is, I always think she's one of the Redgrave slash Richardson acting dynasty. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, her, but her filmography is not so solid, not it's so great. It's very little, too. I, I've not seen, I've never seen The Crying Game. I've never seen Dance with a Stranger, either. Like, it's not many I've seen. Uh, Hold on. She is in Fred Claus, though. So let's show some respect. She's also in one episode of Psycho Bitch. Is I've never heard that. <laughs> but that's, that? yeah. I don't know what it is. Either. She's also a falconer, according to Wikipedia. Ooh, she's uh, in The Prince cool. and Me with uh, oh, okay, Julia Stiles. Wait, I love she's that a one. falconer? She just got like 4,000 times hotter to me. That is very I didn't cool. think that was possible. Oh my God. And she's in Phantom of the Opera. Jesus Christ. Okay. I have seen this woman yeah. around. <laughs> so, no disrespect to her, though, but I think this is probably her greatest role, her finest hour. Agreed. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it, just, Fred Claus I mean, is right there. <laughs> exactly. You know? <laughs> but I think this dress, like anything you get to wear this dress in, is going to be your best role, you know? 
Oh, sure. It made me think, like, who is the seamstress in Sleepy Hollow? Like, where are they getting these decadent ball gowns? Like, that seamstress (laughs) must be working overtime, like, just sewing, like, I have to get this ready for Lady Van Tassel. It's It's poor little servant girl. And now, like, what are they going to do? No one else has pretty, I mean, I guess um, Christina Ricci does, too. But, like, no one else in the village, everyone's, like, in ragtags. And she's walking Mm -hmm. around in these stunning ball gowns to milk a cow. Okay, yeah. but let's be real. Her stepmother is definitely serving much more than Christina Ricci. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. She, that's like the the graduate, essentially, for me. Like, you know, I don't know how Johnny Depp or Ichabod chose her over. I'd be like going after, I'd be going after the MILF or SMILF. SMILF. Yeah. SMILF, because she's a stepmother. Stepmother. Right? I'd like yeah, her. stepmother. Okay. Yeah, no. I do like Christina Ricci in this. I like I like the juxtaposition of her really light hair in this, you know, just because she has such dark features. But yeah, she, I would definitely, if I were going to hit either of them, it would be Lady Van Tassel, you know, I the love lady that we're all in of the house. <laughs> also, she's, she's a, an evil witch and I love it. Well, <laughs> let's move into our next category where we talk about the story in a section we're cleverly calling her story. All I ever wanted was a ballerina Barbie in her pretty pink tutu. My birthday. I was 10. And do you know what they got me? Malibu Barbie. Malibu Barbie. The nightmare. The nerve. So Rocco is taking the reins today. He's chopped off my narrative head <laughs> and written his own synopsis, which he will now throw at us in the form of a blazing word jack-o'-lantern. <laughs> Thank you so been, much, Jen. That imagery is great. I've been sitting on that one for a little while, too. See, we all I have like our that, jokes. I like that it implies that I'm the Casper Van Dien of this podcast, so I will take it. There That's are worse people thing, you could yes. be in this movie. Yes, <laughs> many worse. So her story opens in 1799 in turn-of-the-century New York, where quirky but competent police constable Ichabod Crane is sent by Christopher Lee, cue hammer horror vibes here, to the mostly (laughs) Dutch upstate hamlet of Sleepy Hollow, where a rash of decapitations by a mysterious assailant is plaguing the residents. Ooh. Upon entering the village, Ichabod... Oh, I I neglected to mention that he is played by Johnny Depp. (laughs) (laughs) But everyone should know that. (laughs) Upon entering the village, Ichabod is soon acquainted with a who's who of acclaimed British character actors, and Jeffrey Jones, who make up the town's elders. These include Michael Gambon, R.I.P., as Baltus Van Tassel, Richard Griffiths, R.I.P., as Magistrate Phillips. Michael Goff, the superior Alfred Pennyworth, mm. R.I.P. I just want to note that Rocco wrote Michael Goff's name phonetically <laughs> in the notes so it would be pronounced right, and I very much admire that. It's always a hard one. It's really tough. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, so Michael Goff as notary James Hardenbrook and Ian McDiarmid, still kicking to this day, as Dr. Thomas Lancaster. Lancaster. It's Lancaster, isn't it? I think yeah, Lancaster so. is Marin. It, yeah. it depends on how British you are. So this is Lancaster. this is what happens from growing up in South Carolina because it's Lancaster, South Lancaster. Carolina. Mm-hmm. And Lafayette. Yeah. <laughs> Lafayette. Lafayette. He also meets a very blonde, very washed out Christina Ricci. <laughs> sorry, Jen, who plays Gambin's daughter Katrina and our lady killer herself, Miranda Richardson, as Katrina's stepmother, Lady Van Tassel, Knee Archer. Casper Van Dien is there, too. (laughs) (laughs) 
the group of old white Batman slash Star Wars slash Widgeting World alums and Jeffrey Jones regale him with the bone-chilling tale of the Headless Horseman, the spirit of a bloodthirsty Hessian mercenary, that's some sort of German for those of us who flunked history, from the Revolutionary War who has returned to the grave seeking his missing head while collecting everyone else's. The Hessian is played by a silent, except for when he's not shouting, which is, oh, sorry. The Hessian is played by a silent, except for when he's shouting, which is often Christopher Walken for some reason, but I'm not complaining and neither should you. When do you like- don't see his head, it's actually Star Wars alum Ray Park, a.k.a. Darth Maul. Oh, that's is cool. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, so only, that. it's only Christopher Walken when you see the full character with his head. Otherwise, it's Ray Park. And oh. you can kind of tell with the physicality because, mm-hmm. you know, say whatever you will about The Phantom Menace. I fucking hate that movie. But Darth Maul is a fucking amazing character. <laughs> and his fight skills and choreography are incredible. Mm-hmm. And you can see that same sort of physicality that he brings to this role. Yeah, he gives good body. Yeah, they brought Christopher Walken in for the yelling, though. He's got good movement, Mark. Christopher Walken, yeah! 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 Nice! He's got a break! I know. I can't. Anytime he's mentioned, I can't. I always hear it in Jen's voice, too, because we did this video for Losers Club, and it makes me laugh. It was just your cadence when you did it. I say it sometimes just randomly throughout the house. See, and I just always, well, not always, for the last few years, I've thought of him in... The Country Bears movie. I love that keeps, movie. He keeps destroying the model of Country Bear Hall, and he goes, oh, oh no! Country Bear Hall's been destroyed! That was actually a really good impression. Thank you. I, I know. I love him in Fred Claus. I have forced, I, like, Mike hates the Country Bears in, like, the area in Disney, and every time we walk by, I'm like, uh, Country Bears tonight, King? Like, tonight? <laughs> Can we please hit up the country bears, please? They got new animatronics. That was a real dark period for Disney when they made yeah. a country bears live action movie. Yeah, that was their dark period. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay, sorry. I shall we continue? <laughs> that's, that's okay. Ichabod is aided in his investigation by young Masbeth. Ichabod. 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 <laughs> sorry. He's aided in his investigation, as I was saying, Sammy, by young Masbeth, an orphan seeking a father figure played by Mark Pickering. After exhuming a few bodies and getting the ever-loving shit scared out of him by Casper Van Dien, Ichapod, Katrina, and Masbeth fall... See, I said Mikapod now. I I mean, I said Ichapod now. You've done this to me. She's in your head. (laughs) But they follow the directions... They follow the directions of a witch to find the horseman's grave beneath the tree of the dead. Ichabod starts <laughs> hacking away at the tree, revealing its jammy red center. Is it cake? Nope! It's a repository for all the craniums the Hessian has absconded with and a portal from which he emerges when he's on the prowl. Ichabod digs up the grave and discovers the horseman's skull is missing, deducing that whomever has the skull commands the horseman and will be able to do so until his rotted old pate is restored. After a complex web of killings, witchy misunderstandings, and feigned deaths, Lady Van Tassel finally reveals herself to be the orchestrator of the plot to unhead every prominent person in Sleepy Hollow. 
After witnessing the Hessian's murder as a child, she pledged herself to Satan if the horseman would rise up and avenge the wrongs done to her impoverished family by the cruel landowners of Sleepy Hollow and let her claim their estates in the process. Her plan unveiled. LVT six the horseman on Ichabod, Katrina, and Masbeth, and after a daring chase, Ichabod restores the skull to the horseman who goes full 90s CGI gore Muppet as his head <laughs> refleshifies. Oh, I like that word. It's, it's underlined in red, so I know it's not a word, but I think <laughs> we should make it one. <laughs> Newly re-Christopher Walken, the Hessian plants a big, bloody smacker on Lady Van Tassel. Age gap discoursers, do your worst. And drags her right back to hell with him. With evil vanquished and the magic of forensic science and deductive reasoning triumphing over actual magic, Ichabod returns to New York with Katrina and young Masbeth in tow, just in time for a new century. Okay, so real quick on the age gap discourse. (laughs) If you look at the actual timeline of this movie, Lady Van Tassel is probably, like, not even 30. No way. Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay, so, so long it's, then. it's been <laughs> 20 years since the horseman was killed, right? Mm-hmm. And he was killed because she cracked that stick in uh. half and the soldiers found him. So that was 20 years ago. How old was she in that scene? Nine? Yeah. So it's been 20 years, so she's 29. And that also means that she was already out of her family's original house, and the Van Tassels (laughs) are living there. So let's say Katrina is, you know, like, what, two, three? So Lady Van Tassel is only about six or seven years older than her. Hmm. That math checks out. But I think if he's dead, is he aging while he's dead? So does he stay the same? Mm. Oh, I'm not worried about that age gap. I'm more worried about Baltus being married to a woman who's only a few years older than his daughter. His daughter, yeah. That's yeah. Like, but that's how they did it back then. It was just like, that's what women were for, you know? Yeah. Unfortunately. I always think it's like, it feels strange to hear that the widow Winship is pregnant, you know? it's There's nothing wrong with it. Hey, widows, get it on. But I just... I when I hear widow, I imagine like a really old, like crusty lady. Well, those two yeah. words shouldn't go together because if you're a widow, like you're not. How would I guess if your person died after you got pregnant? But the words don't go together yeah. very often. I feel like. Well, but also we have no grasp on how old she is, and you right. know when you see her body, she looks fit. So yeah. I think it can be assumed that like her, you know, previous husband probably just died young. Yeah. She's probably around the same age as Lady Van Tassel. What a Also, ghost. just want to be clear. Get pregnant whenever you want, ladies. Yes. Just be careful. <laughs> I, don't care. I don't care what you do. Have fun. <laughs> just not with the the um, Quakers of Sleeping Yeah. I think the bigger problem I have with the age gap thing is that Casper Van Dien seems to be, and that redheaded guy who's kind of cute, seems to be like the only non-disgusting man in this town. <laughs> <you know>? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I mean, well, they're all they're all very old English faces. Like, there's never a household in Sleepy Hollow that's not related by blood or marriage. That's mm-hmm. true. Blah. Yeah, that's why they all look. The I same. think that's most of America. That's <laughs> what? also true. Well, speaking of America, this is uh, I don't know when this story was written, but it was a long time ago in early American literature. So my first question in this section is: Have any of us read Washington Irving's actual story, and what do we think, just in general? of Tim Burton's adaptation, Rocco. I am not familiar with the story. 
I, you know, you hear it sort of as a kid a lot. There was also mm-hmm. the Disney version, which I'm pretty familiar with. I love Tim Burton's adaptation. This is one that I sort of came to a bit later. When I did finally see it, I was definitely in high school. I didn't see it when it first came out. Um, and then I was kind of like, eh, you know, standard Tim Burton. <laughs> but I think as filmmaking has gotten worse, <laughs> I've returned to this one and and I can see how special it really is. And I think it, you know, occupies a really interesting spot just in the evolution of, you know, it was coming after a decade of Bram Stoker's Dracula, Mike Nichols' Wolf. What else is there? Oh, yeah, uh, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, directed by Mm, Kenneth mm -hmm. Branagh. So in the 90s, we were sort of having this, you know... Universal monsters, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like prestige. (laughs) Resurgence, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, definitely, and those... Elevated. Mm. I I just did air quotes around that. Don't yell at me. (laughs) We could hear the... I think listeners could hear the air I'm just wondering (laughs) when we're going to get the funky werewolf adaptation. Right? It's just my the picture of me and my, my costume on the poster. I walk in slapping the face. <laughs> this summer, yeah. Sammy is a funky werewolf. <laughs> Won't you take me to Funky Town? <laughs> That's actually Shrek. It is interesting because this is the same year that Stephen Summers' The Mummy came out. Mm. which is a movie I really loved as a kid. I'm not sure, you know, I haven't seen it in quite a while. It's still great. I'm sure it is. <laughs> and, it, and you know, it made it was made for a similar budget, but made more money. And you can kind of see the similarities because it's like they're both sort of CGI, you know, mm-hmm. testing out things with CGI. But then this adapting classics like this sort of curdled into... Van Helsing a few years later. Oh, which I like. It's awful, but I like it. (laughs) It, No, it's so fun to watch, but it's absolute fucking trash. Female vampires in that movie were were big for me. As I I think I pressed rewind multiple times growing up. Well, and Kate Beckinsale. Uh, Yeah, I mean, like, come on, that goes without saying. (laughs) So, Rocco, to your point, I think that while both the Mummy and Sleepy Hollow do experiment with a bit of CGI. The Mummy is a lot more reliant on it, and <laughs> some of the effects have aged okay, but a lot of them have not. And there's so much CGI in it. Mm-hmm. Whereas Sleepy Hollow, I, I think the only CGI in Sleepy Hollow that looks bad are when his head regenerates, because they definitely could have done that practically, mm-hmm. and it would have been amazing. And then when the sister's face gets all large marge, you know, like... <laughs> mm-hmm. I said the same thing in my notes today. Do it with stop motion, the way they did in Pee-wee's Big yeah. Adventure. It would have looked so much cooler, you know what well, I mean? And they but, did it with the heads in the tree. Like the heads right, in the tree exactly. are practical effects. And all it's of the amazing. practical effects in the movie are mm-hmm. fucking incredible. The filming on the sound stages is mm-hmm. fucking incredible. And I I love that they did that because it leans even more into the hammer horror aspects mm-hmm. of it. And it makes it feel like an old, classic, mm-hmm. scary movie. May yeah. you're so right. And that's yeah. that's the point I was trying. Like that's what you 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 said it correctly, right? You got to the point I was trying to make is that like I feel like the lesson people took was the mummy made more money, so let's just have a romp, a CGI romp. But Sleepy Hollow does sort of stand between two worlds of throwback hammer horror and, you know, sort of reimagining monsters for this new millennium. 
Well, I, I put that it's like, it's almost like you kind of walked into a dream world, the aesthetic of the movie, but the yes. dream world's almost like a spooky matte painting. And it reminded me of like a Thomas Kincaid painting kind of, but <laughs> if it was like Tim Burton-esque, even mm-hmm. though those, I mean, you could walk into every grandmother's house and find a Thomas Kincaid puzzle <laughs> or painting, but it just, it feels like that. It feels like, like you're in an art gallery kind of when you're watching uh-huh. the movie. Every scene is like, is very well shot and you can tell that he took so much care and just like going over a field like a shot of a field and it's still you mm-hmm. can like feel as someone who just had hay fever I can feel the hay <laughs> <laughs> the powerful hay yeah that's what I love about it and it reminds me a lot of Bram Stoker's Dracula for that reason mm-hmm. too because I feel like this is just the kind of film that I want to drink in you know and mm-hmm. like Bram Stoker's Dracula and this one, like, they do not waste a square inch of the screen. There's, like, something... This is going to look gorgeous from start to finish, and I love it. The Disney cartoon scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. And, like, to the point where I was too scared to watch it. Like, it was... It is terrifying, and it still holds up. It's really scary. So when I I remember when this came out and I was in high school, and I was like, no, this is too scary for me. I can't see it. (laughs) Sleepy Hollow is too much. Um, (laughs) That was, how like, how I felt about Martyrs for a long time. And now you watch that over and over again. And now I watch it over and over again because I love it. But I watched, I went on a date to watch this and I had already decided I didn't really like the guy by the time we got there. And so I just said I was cold and I like zipped my hoodie all the way up and put my hood up so he wouldn't like try to kiss me or anything. It's like Charlie and it's always sunny and he's like, I'm going to the crevice. I'm going to the crevice. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But then I, and I I enjoyed it. I thought I was a little... I think perplexed by the storyline of this Mm -hmm. compared to the Disney one, which I want to talk about later, but then, and maybe this can lead us into a question I want to ask. I avoided this for a long time because of the main star. And I don't want to get into a whole discourse about Johnny Depp, but I just did not want to watch anything with him Mm -hmm. in it. And Mm -hmm. I am really glad that I revisited this because I do think that this, you know, regardless of, your feelings about Johnny Depp. I think I can separate him from this movie enough to really enjoy it. I also think his performance here is is pretty good and his contouring, like <laughs> that cheekbones are pretty cheekbones. insane. Ooh. Yeah. I, I literally today I was like I looked and I was like, he really was pretty. And now he looks like a guy yeah. you would find in Venice Beach wandering yeah. in. <laughs> <laughs> and he's he's really adorable in this, just so he skittish. Is, yeah. Skittish and smart. <laughs> it was before yeah. that character became played out, like the Tim Burton yeah. kind of quirky, weird guy. It's before and, Pat, yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean, too, yeah. Yeah, it's easy or, to fall in love with him in it, and it is a shame that, you know, he's a douche lord now, but, yeah. you know, <laughs> I can look back on him and be like, maybe this was the last time we got good Johnny. <laughs> Yeah. What, one of the things, I don't know if y'all listened to the Horror Queers episode on this, because mm-hmm. they just also covered this movie. Sorry, oh. Joe and Trace. But <laughs> hey, Trace. one of the things they talked about was that Ichabod is kind of coded as very feminine or, you know, even just effeminate, you know, yeah. like he might be a gay man. Always fainting, you know. But yeah, that's true. I, he's he's the Giles of this movie. Well, he's sensitive <laughs> and in a time... Where you, men could not be sensitive or and like mm-hmm. you know timid yeah. and kind of quiet and maybe not very boisterous and super masculine, right? And that's why I think I like the character because he's yes, exactly. a dork kind of, and yeah. those are my favorite types of people because I am one, <laughs> right? Yeah, no, he's just really passionate about what he's doing, and he doesn't really care about keeping up appearances. And I, I think you know, again, 
however we all feel about the actor playing Ichabod, I think Ichabod mm-hmm. is a character and the characterization of him is very effective in this. And it makes him a character that we want to take that journey with, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He doesn't like, I feel like so much else is going on too that you almost like forget kind of, I guess. Yes. Like while I was yeah. watching, even like he's not in it. I mean, he is obviously in it a lot, but when I'm watching <laughs> it, I'm not really thinking of him the entire I'm thinking of the women more than I feel yeah. like the, the town and the, the, just the injustices that are going on, I guess. Like, you don't really see... I, I don't know. I think I tried to to separate every scene where I was like, okay, I can still appreciate this. And you're also not the main star for me, really, in this movie, mm-hmm. even though he mm-hmm. is, which is kind of counterintuitive. <laughs> but. but it doesn't scream like Johnny Depp movie. Like, when I think of this movie, I think of it, it's a Tim Burton movie. Same. You know, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think it's a Johnny Depp movie, which well, I think I'm is what helps me. Tim Burton... Like, I, I know his work has been less than award worthy as of late, <laughs> Dumbo. But um, I'll always be sad. For God, one I of forgot his he even did that. Soto, so, I think he did too. I think it's really interesting too because for me, this is sort of like the last great Tim Burton movie before one hundred percent agree. Before we get sort of cynical, you know, Tim Burton, like you know, CGI addled. Just it's not chasing Disney a paycheck. Sheen. The, the right. sheen of Disney is not there yet. Like those big eyes, Alice yep. in Wonderland. I think Big Fish is his last great. I love Big Fish. See, I don't like Big Fish. It oh, just I doesn't do. do anything it was a big movie. My my dad really liked. We watched it a lot when I was younger, and I, I think I like the story and I like how fantastical and whimsy it is. But I think that's that's his last movie where you can tell he wasn't phoning it in. I feel like. Well, my big theory is that. Once Lisa Marie is out of his movies, who is his girlfriend, <laughs> up through Planet of the Apes, and then he got with Helena Bonham Carter, that's when he had a major falling off. <laughs> I, I always thought it was the other way around. I guess you are right, man. Mm. Yeah. I mean, Planet of the Apes is nothing to write home about, but that was oh, their no. last movie together, and I think the Helena Bonham Carter of it all is probably what <laughs> what stole his mojo. To I, I think Corpse Bride and Frankenweenie are both great. The The animated Frank and Weenie, the like full length version. I haven't so I, seen that yet. I really, oh, I'm going to watch it this I think month. You love that oh, movie. I know. I, I just watched Corpse Ride for my first time and I fell in love. I absolutely yeah. understand. The I, I think it. those are his last two great movies, but I think Sleepy Hollow is definitely his last great live action movie. My hot take is that this is the only one I like. Oh, Jen is oh, not right. a hot topic kid. I'm not. Yeah, because you don't like I'm Beetlejuice, not a Denver right? Kid. I don't love Beetlejuice. It's yeah. fine. I love Lydia. Yeah. <laughs> It's not everyone's what, cup of what tea. What is it? What is it, Jen? That that keeps you, you know, at I think arm's it's length. Something from Tim about Burton. the aesthetics, and there is there are a lot of bugs. You know, there are a lot of like creepy crawly bugs, and there's something about that. Like Beetlejuice it was always just so gross to me, and I don't know mm-hmm. if that was a young Jen not knowing she had OCD, but I was like. I- I don't want to be in this world because it's too mm-hmm. it's too gross. The crawly, chairs really you know? grossed me out as a kid. Like the stuff mm-hmm. that he changes in Beetlejuice always used to like oh, I don't yeah. like the way they look at all. Yeah, I think that's something. But I mean, I respect it. It's just, it's just not personally not for mm-hmm. me. But I find that this one has such a like a singular vision that I really mm-hmm. love. That it's not, it doesn't feel too Tim Burton, like what I think of as Tim Burton in quotation marks. You know I, what I, I mean? think part of that is because Kevin Yeager is so heavily involved. Mm-hmm. Like this was kind of more his baby than Tim mm-hmm. Burton's, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, to start with, it was Kevin Yeager's. Kevin Yeager was just coming off of Hellraiser Bloodlines, oh, um, okay. which, which I like. <laughs> I like Hellraiser Bloodline. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's, it's obviously a chop job, but you know. <laughs> We're getting the work print edition. 
Oh, are we really? It's in the new box set that's coming out that's mm. all four of the first four movies. It's like new 4K transfers, a ton mm. of bonus features, and the work print edition of Bloodline. Right, right. Amazing. I really need to see that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Kevin Yeager had planned it sort of as a low-budget production. I think he's quoted as saying, uh, calling it a pretentious slasher film with a spectacular murder mystery every five minutes or so. But Paramount didn't really like the idea and demoted him to prosthetic makeup designer instead. Mm. Poor Kevin. Yeah, poor yeah. Kev. <laughs> and it was, it was also written by Andrew Kevin Walker, you know, a lot of horror creds there. Brain scan. He also wrote Seven for David Fincher. Mm-hmm. The Wolfman for Joe Johnston. So sort of like in a similar vein, although that was all the way in 2010. So yeah, it's interesting. To May's point, it wasn't really a you know Tim Burton production from the start in the DNA. And it is very sort of pared back for him, as ridiculous as that sounds. Yeah. And that's why I think you like it. <laughs> that's maybe why I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And hey, you know, if you love Tim Burton, that's fantastic. I fully support that. We all, the heart wants what the heart wants. I have a <laughs> Disneyland pitch that I want to know if Rocco agrees with me. Okay. So I, so as everyone knows, I'm, I was a Disney kid and now sadly I'm a Disney adult because um, I grew up next to, or seven hours away from the Anaheim Park. And the original Sleepy Hollow cartoon is attached to the Wind in the Willows, like Mr. Toad's Mm -hmm. Wild Ride. And there's, not in Florida, but in Disneyland, there's a Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, like a dark ride. It's one of my favorite rides. I I love that ride so much. When we were there last, Mike took a picture of me in front of Mr. Toad, but I'm like right in front of his, like where his penis would be. So it looks like I'm giving him a blowjob. His Toad penis. (laughs) You're in front of the real Mr. Toad. And it's like, I'm like bent over, like super smiling. And Mike always looks at me like, it looks like you're about to go down on him. I'm like, you don't, maybe I was. (laughs) He does have a swagger, that Mr. Toad. He really does. Okay. And he has a nice car. It's like, it's it's, it's red, you know, I think we'd look really cool riding around town together. (laughs) But because they did that and they have that dark ride, I've always wanted like a Sleepy Hollow dark ride, like kind of like that. And for it to be really scary because Mr. Toad, they go to hell. It's a really dark, (laughs) dark ride. And in the Snow White Scary Adventures, the OG Wicked Witch was like terrifying. So I know Mm -hmm. that they could do it. And so I've just always longed for that because now at Oogie Boogie's like bash, the Halloween bash they do in California Adventure, he's now a a character you can meet and he rides around on his horse. And it's it's so cool. (laughs) You have to look at video if you haven't seen it yet because it's actually astounding because he has no head and he just carries the pumpkin around it's i've watched it i sent it to mike like 10 times where i'm like look it's 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 the headless horseman look at it we should be there um it was a horseman it was the horseman i love that scene it's so good it's so cute for those who don't know yes sammy and i are the disney adults here i did not grow up near anaheim so i don't have any excuse But I think it would be such a good ride. <laughs> I would support it. But I, it, this also just brings me to, you know, Nightmare Before Christmas. I want to love so deeply. And I loved it as a kid. But as I mentioned, Hot Topic, the amount of sweaters with Jack Skellington on them has oh, just soured me on it. <laughs> there is merch at Disneyland. It's no longer being sold. That just said Bone Daddy on all of it. Ooh. Imagine like your father walking around at Disney with you with a hat that said Bone Daddy <laughs> They day? took that merch away. It is no longer being sold. <laughs> I wonder why. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> the yassification of him. <laughs> Speaking of a wild ride, let's move into our next category, which is get in, loser, we're going killing. This woman <laughs> will soon cut, chop, break, 
and burn five men beyond recognition. And there isn't a jury in this country that will convict her. So this is a section where we dig into the details. And I wrote down a list of everybody she kills. But essentially, she kills every named character in this movie, except in the flashbacks and that don't make it out to the 21st century. So she kills the First Lady Van Tassel. You missed her first victim. The Horseman. Oh, the, that's right. She's, she's just oh, oh, yeah. Okay. Well, hold on. So say Those that again. little bitches. Those little bitches. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so she kills a whole bunch of people, including the horsemen. But it's interesting because we only see her kill two people. And I want to talk about mm-hmm. her killing, like holding the axe in her hand, holding the stick in her hand, mm-hmm. and killing by manipulating the horsemen. Killing by proxy. Mm-hmm. Killing by proxy. She governs the horsemen, which I, <laughs> I like that use of the word govern a lot. Yeah. The first question I had, though, is why is she fucking the minister and what's up with that blood? Which maybe we could <laughs> talk about what her motive is, because I get a little confused with the details. Mm-hmm. Also, Rocco, I love your witchy misunderstandings that if you don't take that as your nickname, I might steal it from mine. <laughs> but like, I kind of read her motive as like woman wants power. Woman lives in shitty patriarchal society. Woman kills, you know? I think it's that, but I think it's also revenge. You know, it's it's revenge that her family was essentially doing the best that they could on a in a small house and integrating into the town that they weren't a part of in the same way as all of the other settler families. And it was taken away from them. It was taken away from them and given to someone else. And then her fucking mom died and she was left alone with her sister in the woods and so, I mean, I, I can kind of understand why she would want revenge for that. And I, I think once she started gaining more power and, like, moving up in society, she also got a little uppity. But <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I, I think it's about power, it's about personal gain, and it's mostly about revenge. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is definitely mankind's oldest sin though is greed right like i mean killers of the flower moon is currently in theaters and that is literally top to bottom what it's about and it's still so it will continue to be relevant for the rest of our lives it's right exactly so obviously it's about revenge of course but it's about land ownership it's about having your own you know space (laughs) Mm -hmm. and coveting what others have i also think she's just like like jen said it's like fuck the patriarchy like i think that she's reclaiming her sexuality too in an era where women could not do that but in that scene where she cuts her hand with the principal from Ferris yep, Bueller. Because <laughs> <laughs> yep. uh, that's what I Jeffrey know. Jones. I, yeah, there we Jeffrey Jones. Celebrated actor Jeffrey Jones. He was <laughs> also celebrated. a representative of hell in Stay Tuned with John Ritter. Oh, I've Ew. not even heard of that. That sounds, I love oh. John Ritter. Oh my God. Y'all, that movie is so fucking fun. He up. and his wife get sucked into the TV, but it's a satellite dish that gives you programming from hell. So they have to go through all of these shows that are basically like hell themed parodies of other shows. And honestly, the best part is when he switches channels and he's basically on three's company and he looks straight at the camera and screams, but it's it's a great movie. I will like that. Anyway, Jeffrey Jones is essentially the top. Ferris Bueller principal is in it. (laughs) 
my in my opinion is Jeffrey Jones did his best work with Tim Burton. He's Criswell in Ed Wood. Mm-hmm. He's also in Beetlejuice. Actually, a lot of you know Tim Burton alums are in here, mm-hmm. especially Ed Wood ones. You know, we mentioned uh, Lisa Marie, who's Vampira in Ed Wood. She is also uh, Ichabod's mother here. And Oof. then, <laughs> sorry, sorry about that noise. That was no. actually completely involuntary. But oh my god, she's so fucking hot. She is. She is stunning. And then uh, Martin Landau, who gets it in the very beginning, mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. won an Oscar for Ed Wood playing Bella Lugosi, which I love. Well deserved. Um, well, in that scene I, I feel like it's like she's pushing his head down almost to like like give her head and that's like uh-huh. not something that was I feel like heard of in that era and it's like that's her taking her sexuality back totally and like not being timid or, or coy about it you know, obviously she's a witch so it's I thought like, you were talking about Ichabod's mom for a second no, and not talking, Lady Van Tassel um, we, and I, I got really worried <laughs> No, I was still leaving. I think you can't even really tell if he's giving her head. Like, it's not like giving head would look like like alluded to. I feel like okay, but he's it's it's like ninety head. I'm gonna say though, it's staged so bad though. He's like his little face is in her belly button, like sideways. It looks that's not gonna feel very good. I do love that scene though. So I'm gonna be my little Swifty self for a second because there's a scene before that where she's walking with a cloak and the lantern, and it's essentially the Willow music video is a lot like that. And during the Eras tour, they do like a whole it looks like a coven coming out and like with lanterns these like balls of light and there was literally religious zealots that were like protesting the eras because it was like promoting witchcraft essentially because oh. she gets associated <laughs> with that now which is kind of weird but it totally it's reminded she's me of, awesome and that's what they call us well, when we get to it awesome. was very <laughs> it's very witchy and like woodsy and that's I like immediately she walks out and I go oh it's like the Willow music video and Mike was like yeah we're, we always find a way to relate it back to that but but Jen I think that scene is literally just so that she can show Ichabod her hand later mm-hmm. I don't I don't know I I'm, I'm I, it is kind of confusing like why did he to have prove to that be when she kills when she like fakes her death I think the yeah. the slit is on the hand even though she does it wrong but I think that's why or also I think she's doing a spell to. It's weird that she would want any heat on her about witchcraft at all, though. Like, why would she be engaging in this behavior in front of the investigator? Because it kind of makes her seem guilty. Do you think he she knows, though? I don't feel like she knows that he followed her and, until, like, it's too late kind of thing. Oh, and then she's like, I'm just going to own this. And then they're in the kitchen and she's like, please do not tell my husband that I was performing witchcraft and getting my (laughs) vagina eaten out. (laughs) I don't know. I think everything is on purpose. I think so too. And I think it's a lot of it is to show that she's awesome and she doesn't give a fuck. And she is willing to do whatever she has to do. She will get eaten out by principal from Ferris Bueller to (laughs) accomplish her mission and whatever it takes. And I love it. And I'm reading Slewfoot right now, which was recommended. I can't wait to read it. It's been suggested to me a bunch of times. But it is enraging me because, like, it's this Puritan community, and it's like women are like, it's against the law for women to like mm-hmm. engage in business or like even talk. Like, you can get like mm-hmm. a, re- a lot of really harsh punishment. And so, I think this kind of shows that even just this scene shows that she doesn't give a fuck. She'll do whatever she wants, you know. Kind of like how, my cat is doing. Right I know. I can now. see it in the corner of my eye. Or her. <laughs> But I think as far as motive goes, like we were discussing, I think she loses sight of it like along the way. And anger, I mean, I'm sure we can all relate, I think, because it's a human condition. 
anger does that to you, like, and resentment, mm-hmm. it makes you, like, kind of see red. You don't think of, like, the consequences of your act or anything. Like, this is, that's your end game and that's it. And so I think if she was truly seeking revenge for what was done to her family, she wouldn't have killed her sister. Like, she was so blinded by rage that right. the other person she she was seeking revenge for became a liability in the end. And that's what I think proves to me that she isn't doing this for her family. Because if it was for her family, she wouldn't kill her sister, I think. Yeah. And that's what shows me that she was just blind, blind rage. She couldn't think of anything but the the revenge. And she lost mm-hmm. herself in it a lot like Mrs. Voorhees. It's a very similar <laughs> thing there. I felt like a little to, you know, go back to our first episode. Yeah. No, I, I definitely agree with that. Do they say how the first Lady Van Tassel passed away, or was she just sick? I don't know. So yeah, I'm pretty sure that our that Lady Archer Van Tassel poisoned her because she was her sick nurse. And I love that because it's you know referencing maybe not intentionally, but it feels like it referencing Double Indemnity with Barbara Stanwyck, Mm -hmm. who's like one of the greatest femme fatales of all time. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, honestly, if you look at this as a film noir, you know, you've got, you've got the city detective mm-hmm. and you've got the femme fatale mm-hmm. and you also have, what, what is, is it the ingenue? What's the term for like the innocent woman? Ingenue. Ingenue. Uh, ingenue. Yeah. yeah so you've got word. Katrina as the ingenue. <laughs> it's yeah, it does. Act, wow. Cool. I just figured something yeah, out. It fits into <laughs> <laughs> the film noir tropes. And I actually kind of like that. It yeah. really works too, because you know, hammer, they did their horror movies, of course, but the other big ones were mysteries. Yep. Sherlock Holmes style mysteries. So this is very much both of those things at once. Obviously a mystery, yeah. but would you heavy consider the Wicker elements. Man like Hammer Horror kind of like I feel like it's that aesthetic a little? It's, like I it's not Hammer Horror. It's sort of adjacent to it. Okay. Because the aesthetic Lee reminds, like color it. palettes, I feel like. Yeah, and Christopher Lee, obviously. But mm-hmm. and it's a mystery. I think of that movie yeah. as more of a mystery than a horror movie. It's also movie. too disturbing to actually be a hammer horror movie. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that movie. I think it's so I too. Insane. It would I would call that pretty firmly folk horror. And I'm not too. talking about yeah. the Nick Cage one. Yeah, I was oh, just gonna say, do we need here? to clarify yeah, for please, people please. we're talking about the original? <laughs> There's no yeah. bees in this one. <laughs> no bees. No bees. But where were we? Her Get us weapon. back on track, Jen. Talk about our weapon. <laughs> where were we? Let's talk about our weapon. Yeah, okay. And I do want to talk about, the, I want to talk about kind of her motive leading into her weapon. Because mm-hmm. when she makes that snap and we hear down the road, oh, what I was going to say was, silly, Rocco, it was too much reading that killed the first Lady Van Tassel. It gave her the brain fever. So, you know. Oh, yeah. That's why Maybe I, that's what I have. have books. You're not supposed to read romance. It gives you the brain fever. No, the brain I would rather die. <laughs> right. You'll have to, to pull fever. my smutty books out of my cold, dead hands. We have a brain fever, and the only cure is more smutty romance novels. Right. That's Christopher Walken. I like Christopher that. Walken. Yeah, so I get yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> no, that one hit. That was good. I bet you guys are laughing their asses off right now. <laughs> Yeah, if you're laughing at that joke, please let me know. Could you put in the Apple review? Because you'd be like, um, I thought Jen was really funny this episode. I did too. Yeah, she tried so hard. 
But okay, so, and this is one of the things I find so interesting about this film. I, the first time I watched it, I didn't, I wasn't really thinking about witches that much, but there are mm-hmm. so many fucking witches in this movie. Mm-hmm. And we get a satanic witch because mm. she specifically says in that moment, I gave my, I think, I can't remember exactly how she says it, but she says she offered her soul to Satan in exchange for the horseman's services, which makes her a satanic witch. And I know a couple of satanic witches. They're very kind. They're awesome. I don't say satanic witch to mean evil or murderous bitch, even though Lady Van Tessel does kill a lot of people. But how do we feel about her being a satanic witch? And how do we feel like this makes her different from her sister who lives in the forest? Well, it's also super interesting because technically Katrina is also practicing witchcraft. She is. Yeah. Yeah. So you're seeing three and different. Jacob's mom. It's like four. generations yeah. of mom. It. Yeah, it's, it's just like four. Wow. Okay. It's it's I fucking love it. Well, and I love that it's a look at like how different there are like types of witches. You have the evil exactly. witch. You have the good witch. You have because I I mean hell Satan. I I love this for her. This is great. Most of Satanists <laughs> that you meet are way nicer than any fucking. Sorry, guys. Some other religions. <laughs> if you're religious, I'm sorry, but no, it, they're they're not mean. You know, they're very kind. They'll let women have property. But this is a civics-minded 21st century Satanist. Exactly. This is like, it's a little more hardcore. But I got fucked right. by the devil yes, himself. And good for her. But I got <laughs> fucked by the devil and all I got was this lousy t-shirt. t-shirt. <laughs> I want, no, that should be merch. Hashtag um, Lady Gillard merch. But <laughs> she had just used it, like this, the weapon, if we're calling it the magic her weapon, to kill the men responsible for the demise of her family and their land. I would be like, okay, I, li- I like this for, y- for you. But you didn't. she didn't do that. Again, this is my argument with Mrs. Voorhees too and her sister uses like magic for like nature kind of and like respond yeah i was gonna say her sister is just like kind of a witch of the woods and not just Mm. because she lives in the woods but she's all about embodied it nature like right she's she's using the balances existing in nature to tap into things and i love that type of thing because it's a tool as opposed to a weapon Mm mm-hmm and I think it's cool to see that juxtaposition. It's like Wizard of Oz. You know, you've got Glinda and you've got Zelda. Or is that is it Zelda? That's not, that's Pet Cemetery. Alphaba. 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 Yes. <laughs> Zelda is Pet Cemetery. Yes. But Zelda is also one of the aunts in Sabrina. Oh yes. If you're talking yeah. about witches, I, I love Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I think it also <laughs> sheds some interesting light on Ichabod's characterization as well, because you know his mother is killed by his father for witchcraft pretty horribly um, <laughs> yeah and he refers to her as the child of nature and innocent yeah. so i i think similarly to lady van tassel's sister she was mm-hmm. just tapped into nature mm-hmm. you know but that's entirely why his whole out- worldview is based on science and reasoning and figuring things out because it was a traumatic experience for him and then i love that when he sees katrina in the church scene, which we didn't really cover, but he she puts a a symbol on the ground to try to protect everyone. Like a sigil. Sigil. Right, right. Yeah. He can, well, it, it it's well, and Masbeth had previously told him it was the evil eye yeah. when they found right. it under Ichabod's bed. And I love him. Right. Just shout out for him. He's a cute little oh, sidekick. Young Masbeth yeah. doesn't need a name. Oh, he's young a real Masbeth. one. He's great. <laughs> but I love that he Ichabod sort of learns. Oh, there's different types of magic. It's not all evil. It's not all nonsense. It doesn't all lead to death and ruin. Katrina was actually trying to protect me. <laughs> you know, absolutely. That's kind of cool. Yeah, not all women are out to get you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. That's a, that should be another T-shirt. <laughs> it should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing I think I not love all the women most. are out to get you. Not all women, but are, we are. But we are. But we yeah, are yes, that. but we will get you. <laughs> but yeah, I love the different depictions of witchcraft and the different mm-hmm. depictions of of magic because Christina seems or not Christina. 
Katrina seems to be more about like symbols and uh, like reading like classical spells. Mm-hmm. And then the sister, whose name I don't, I don't ever think we know. She we, no, we never find out her name. She's yeah, just it's like the, the old sister. crone is what it is on yeah. IMDb. Also or played like by that. Miranda Richardson, however, kind oh, of fun. really? Yeah. Hey. Oh, yeah. Oh. I didn't know that. Really? With, yeah. I'm not sure why her mouth has to look like crusty like that, but. <laughs> I do love her. She seems more like, yeah, she is a forest witch. She's an eclectic witch. And she chooses to live on the outside of society as opposed to Lady Van Tassel, who really wants to work her way through. And I think part of this is revenge. But, like, what do we make of these two different witches and the two different depictions of motives for two girls who, like, grew up in the same environment, you know? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. Yes. (laughs) Why do we think one, like... We know that Lady Van Tassel wants It's the nature power. versus nurture argument, I guess you could mm. say, because you could make the argument that something traumatic happened to these sisters and not always, you don't always make the right choice in the end. Like that can affect a, a child in two totally different ways. And one, it affected her and made her evil. And the other one, she was like, actually, you know, I'm going to be a good witch. Um, yeah. So I think you could make the argument that also it's nature too, because she could have just been born evil. You don't, yeah. it's... It's ambiguous, I guess. Yeah. I also love that beauty is evil and ugliness is goodness <laughs> yes, <laughs> in this world. Yes. Well, only between the two sisters. Well, that's very Because right. Ichabod's very mom was tale. also very attractive, like I said earlier. It's, May, it could, you be, could you be a little less horny for Ichabod's mom, please? <laughs> no. No, I will not. Uh, what do we call her? A boobalicious boy mom? Yes. Earlier. Stupendous yeah. nipple A boobalicious witch mom. That's right. Ah, uh, there we go. Yeah, which is just my goals. I'm not oh, to get Yeah, to so is she a toxic boy mom? I don't no, think so. I think she's she like a good boy mom. He turned out okay, all things considered, yeah. but like if he had been if she had been in his life, he might have even been better. Oh, and I love, you know, I love, I don't even know what it's called, the little bird in the cage thing. Do we know what that is? Oh, the optical optical illusion. Good job, guys. And (laughs) Katrina says, you can do magic. It's like science is magic as well, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I always love that element. They would have loved my, like, light bright. Like, they would have just been thinking that's the coolest (laughs) thing ever. (gasps) Wait, it makes sense. She is a witch. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Or you would have been burned at the stake, Sammy. Yes. Sammy getting her head lopped off by the townspeople for her light bright. Like, (laughs) I think even without the light bright, that probably would have happened to me. So, <laughs> just imagining like blood spraying on the light bright, and it pans over to it, and it just says "Happy Halloween." Ooh, I yes. like that <laughs> in orange. But I do, I like one the different versions of witchcraft that we see, mm-hmm. the different motivations for using witchcraft. But I also really like that Ichabod kind of enters into the story, like really hammering in, like, no, we need to look at the evidence, we need to mm-hmm. investigate. And it's become because he's coming from this super toxic place in New York proper, I guess, or New York City, where they're like, well, we're just going to kill this guy based on vibes and like torture him to see if he killed young, I don't know, guy in the river. Sounds like our prison system today <laughs> exactly but oh, yeah but i think it's so interesting like if we look at that court system versus katrina who's like no there's there's more to observing the world than just science like we can look around and i can i can sense what's going on and i can use my like symbols to protect too i think it's a really interesting kind of marriage of science and witchcraft and spiritualism because they can go together. You know, Absolutely. They, they're not at odds. Absolutely. And they're not always evil. And I think I, I'm yeah. glad that he depicted that in this because he didn't have to, because obviously this totally. is a different take on the story. Yeah. yeah. And he showed us all, all walks of witch life. 
He did. And Lady Van Tassel is not evil because she gives her heart to Satan. She's evil because she kills people. (laughs) <laughs> that yes. don't deserve it. That's my thing. Again, like yeah. I will support, I've said it before and I will say it again. I will support women's wrongs for the rest of my life, but you have to kill the people who deserve it. Yeah. <laughs> that little redheaded kid under the, the, the floorboards oh, yeah. didn't deserve it. Yeah, fuck them kids. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk about the horseman because I want to talk about him as a weapon. Before we do that, I want to talk about the horseman from the Irving story and the horseman in this movie. Because I was doing, I have not read the story, but I was doing a little bit of digging. And from what I know of the horseman in the Disney cartoon that scared the shit out of me, he is the ghost of a Hessian soldier, Hessian Mm -hmm. soldier, but his head was accidentally shot off by a cannibal and he chases you on horseback through the woods, but he can't pass the edge of the covered bridge. So it's just kind of a local urban legend. Mm -hmm. So my question is, how do we feel about a randomly haunting horseman who, if you just kind of go in his woods, he's going to haunt you versus the horseman controlled by Lady Van Tassel. May, which one do you find is more awesome or more scary? I think both of them lend themselves to being kind of scary. You know, one of them is just killing at random if you Mm -hmm. just happen to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. And that in itself is kind of terrifying. However, the idea of being specifically targeted by a horseman who can essentially follow you anywhere once he's got your scent, so to speak, is also horrifying. I mean, you know, I don't want to piss anyone off enough for them to want to kill me, especially not by having a horseman behead me. (laughs) Or sell their soul to Satan. Yeah. You know, if someone hates me that much, I'd be pretty bummed out. Yeah. (laughs) Right. But I think, I I agree with you, May. I wrote down basically the same thing, but I think... If as long as you didn't fuck with her, you're in the clear, you know. So I think that is less scary. Oh, he's more aesthetically scary, like his costume, his horse, the pumpkin. Everything looks scarier than in the cartoon. But in the cartoon, it's you don't know. It could be you at any point. It doesn't matter what you did. So as long as I didn't fuck with her, and I'm just keeping to my butter and my bonnet, and I'm just hanging out <laughs> in my little cabin, I feel like I wouldn't be nearly as scared. Especially once they determine that it's like someone's controlling him, and they all find that out. I'd be like, okay. Okay, then I'm cool. I didn't do anything bad to anybody. Is that what you're doing on a Saturday night in Sleepy Hollow, Netflix and Churn? I'm <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm doing. But I'm Y'all, I just came up with that right, on that the spot. Good. I yeah. have not been holding Cut on to that. Cut it out. <laughs> Remove it. I'm romping in the hay and then getting really sick and, and oh, then probably and dying of consumption. So they all raise a barn, tomorrow I'll raise another. You know? <laughs> I feel like Lady Van Tassel would like me. Like, I think we would get you know along what? very well. I think well, so too, you know? Jen. I think so too. <laughs> so I think I'd be safe. <laughs> but uh, Rocco, which one do you, would you prefer? So I was just looking this up. Am I crazy? Or is in some versions, is it not just Brom? Like in the movie, we see Brom, Casper Van Dien is Brom pretending to be the headless horseman. Some yes. versions, it is just him trying to scare Ichabod, correct? It is. It has been implied that Brom did yeah. kill Ichabod because he was kind of like a romantic rival or something like mm-hmm. that. Again, I haven't read the original story, but I have heard that version of the story as well. I didn't even know that because well. I've not read it. I would like to. I think I, I think it's pretty short. Well, and I think it comes from an urban legend that yeah. is, like, I don't think Washington Irving invented this. There's headless horsemen no. have been around. No, it was, it was a folk tale before that. Well, and 
and I love that. Yeah. Like, I love a good grim fairy tale. I think there's so, Me like, too. the OGs, like, actual, like, you know, Little Mermaid is terrifying, not just the uh-huh. sweet little redhead mm-hmm. in the sea. Every step feels like <laughs> knives, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that the film plays with that. Like, you do see Brom, you know, being the headless horseman, just a sort of a nod to the to, to the actual story, which, or other st- versions of the story. Obviously, you know, it's scarier to be pursued by a relentless monster who is hunting you down. I love in the movie that <laughs> characters try to distract him. I think it's Brahm as well. Like, so he's, mm-hmm. he shoots, he shoots the headless horseman and tries to get him like out of his path for who he's mm-hmm. going for. And the horseman is just relentless and kind of stands up and brushes it off and continues on. And, like, explodes him. It's like a video game character. That's what it reminded me of, like, an NPC character of just, like, let me just get back up, like, in his arms, and he's, like, walking in a wall over and over again. It's after the horseman has killed the Killian Mm -hmm. family, and Mm -hmm. he's Mm -hmm. just trying to get back to his tree. He's just doing his job. And Brahm's like, yo, I'm going to fuck you up. And the horseman's like, oh, my God, fuck off, dude. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, like, cuts all of his body parts apart. And then Ichabod is like, hey, stop messing with him. He'll leave you alone because he's not after you. And Mm -hmm. Brom doesn't listen because he's a stubborn man. And then he gets cut in half. I think he gets cut in a couple more pieces than half, too. Like, he gets fucked up. That part's really good. It is cool. The deaths in this are so fantastic. Richard Griffiths with his head spinning around. Oh, with his head spinning. Uh And then then landing in Ichabod's crotch. Yes. (laughs) Magnificent. Magnificent. It's because the blood soup pops against the grayscale. Like, it's so smart. Mm -hmm. It It does. It's so pretty. Like, you can't look away from it, which is not something I thought I would say about blood. But that's how this movie makes me feel. When I love the moment where he just sticks the sword in him and flicks him up in the air. It's oh, so effortless. Oh, it's so yeah. good. But he's like Bane from Batman the Animated Series. Like, just like, this so stupid henchman. Yeah, like, grr, grr, like, walking around <laughs> doing whatever Harley Quinn tells him to do, basically. And she's I the want explosions! <laughs> Not that Bane, but but yes, very very close. Because he's a little, he's way cooler in the the Nolan movies. In the animated series, he's essentially like an idiot. He's a dope. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> I so love him. Really Me too. He's yeah. so fun. The episode, uh, the poker episode, is one of my favorite episodes, and he is so fucking stupid <laughs> in that one, and it makes me laugh so hard. He's like, you, wait, you guys killed the or tried to kill the Batman? <laughs> it's great. But that's how what he reminded me of the entire time. He's like, I'm not here. I don't want to be doing this. He wants to be back in his tree. He doesn't want to go here, I think. He's right. like, fuck, let's get this job done. I've got my nine to five. I have to go kill a couple people, and then I can go yeah. back to the pits of hell and get some R&R. He's pretty yeah. Michael Myers or Jason Voorhees to be just, He's, you know. Yeah, yeah, coded. He's Michael Myers coded. Yeah. Well, and that's, okay, so that's kind of leading into my next question. How do we think the horseman feels about this? Because, I mean, we're led to believe that the Hessian soldier is evil in some way. I don't know enough about this Sleepy Hollow conflict to know mm. too much about him. He doesn't seem like a particularly nice person, but, like, <laughs> he just wants his head back. I think if he liked it more, I mean, I'm sure he likes it. Okay, don't get me wrong. I'm sure this evil... Like he digs it, but if he, I think, wasn't controlled and just doing it as a job, I think he would kill any, like everyone, not just the mm-hmm. people he's been picked to do. And obviously, he does when he needs to. But if yeah. you were that bloodthirsty and in in control, you would just be killing the entire village, wouldn't you? Oh yeah, absolutely. I think the only reason he doesn't kill other people is because he's being specifically controlled. commanded. Yeah. And he does not like it, like especially by a woman, no less. I think um, we see the misogyny of the world they live in when he immediately like claims her after, and then takes possession of her, like and has the world's worst kiss. Yeah, it looks awful. It looks 
like like when it, when you're in seventh grade and you have your first kiss and you have like braces, like that's how it, what it reminded me of. <laughs> like just yeah. not a comfortable kiss in any way, shape, or form. I just love the grimace on her face after there's blood coming out. It's like she's not even screaming or anything. She just looks displeased. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, I mean, you, you see immediately that he takes her and is like, nope, no, she's mine. She's the trophy. So it's, you can tell he, he'd been waiting for that moment. Mm-hmm. Which means he didn't respect her in any way, shape, or form, I don't think. <laughs> but, or does he? Does he want her to be his bride in hell? <laughs> yeah. Then, then Which, that's and, a new movie. That's Corpse Bride. That, <laughs> that's true. And, you know, I I want to ask how we feel about that, about him just claiming her, because there's part of me that's like, well, he, she's been doing that to him for 20 years. Mm-hmm. So, you know, turnabout is fair play. But also, I don't like the idea of it. Like, it it feels very assaulty, you know? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. she's mine now. And I mean, exactly. if you're into yeah. a bloody kiss, go for it. But that doesn't, she does not look into it, you know? No. I, I, and he's, you know, I, he's not a great looking guy. Someone on this uh, podcast may or may not have just raised their hand. <laughs> Allegedly. Oh. It, well, it wasn't me. <laughs> okay, well, I want to ask... What do we think is more impressive, her controlling the horseman as a murderous weapon or one, one thing I love about her is she is not afraid to actually get her hands dirty and her face splattered with blood. Like she'll <laughs> chop a girl's head off too. So which one do we find more impressive? That part when she chops Sarah's head off is so good. It's so good. It's such a clean swipe. Right. It's a clean swipe. The blood sprays on her face, and she's just like, well, another task done for the day. Check. And it's very sexy. I think taking taking matters into her own hands, it's like anyone could do that. Like anyone can control the horseman, but you have to have the skill and and know how to utilize it to your advantage. Because she has this whole villain, you know, plan that she like digresses and takes 20 minutes to tell everyone. But <laughs> just like James she's Bond. obviously been working on this for a very, very long time. So she was smart about it. And she she was smart about it. Like if she, if she probably would have gotten away with it if it weren't for those meddling kids, you know. Yeah. So <laughs> I think if just some dumb Joe Schmo in the like some pilgrim in the village it got control of the skull, I don't think they would have been able to utilize it the way that she um, found herself utilizing it. So I think it's the skill behind it. And it's the person behind it, not so much the the possession of it. Mm-hmm. Rocco, what about you? I agree. Obviously, I, yeah. I think <laughs> I think I think her brain is sort of her weapon. You know, it's a decades long plan that she is not decades, but years long plan that she is unfolding. And like you said, she's not afraid to get her hands dirty or anything. She is very sloppy with that skull towards the end, though, which is really her undoing. I don't understand why it's just loosey-goosey all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, it's that what hubris. A goose. <laughs> what, what a goose. goose. Yes, that is the best line of the movie. Also, she does so much with so little. Like, I, I, she is in the movie a fair bit, but she has so much less screen time than a lot of characters. And like... Mm-hmm. She doesn't get to cook until she starts yeah. doing the monologue. It's the monologue. And and I love yeah. like the disheveled hair, just that like the it looks like like a Disney villain. What's the one Emperor's New Groove? Like it's like she's oh, lost her. Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> like it's like when she's losing her mind and it's that derailed type of person that I just I love watching. I think it's so yeah. fun to watch. <laughs> You're just in time to have your head cut off. <laughs> I love and I love when she Hold turns around and she's like because of you you know and I messed up that quote by helping you with your master yes but it's like she knew he was there she's just playing with all of them you know oh, yeah 
But yeah, I and I like it too because I think a lot of movies I think would show her fatal flaw as being afraid to get her hands dirty or too mm-hmm. quote unquote weak to actually hold the knife herself. And I love that she she will kill her sister. Like that's how much she she's wants not fucking this, around. You know? <laughs> she is not fucking around, and I love it. Uh-huh. Well, let's uh, let's move to somebody who's probably going to be fucking around pretty soon in the new <laughs> century, Katrina. <laughs> so I want to talk about Katrina. Um, Ichabod believes that she's commanding the horsemen. And I was like, a lot of the plot, I get just mesmerized by the visuals and the plot just kind of mm-hmm. blows over my head. Mm-hmm. So it seems to me that like she thinks he thinks she's controlling the horsemen because of like witchy vibes and maybe she tried to curse him or something. I'm not saying that isn't part of it because I do agree with you, but what we know about Ichabod, Ichabod, is at his, his core character is that he uses context clues to get answers. So if you suspected someone of witchcraft in a town where people's heads are falling off, I can't not say our pets' heads are falling off. Our pets' off. Our heads are falling off. <laughs> Every, when I, wrote, I typed it out, I was like, I kept saying it over and over again. One of the greatest quotes of all it's time. It's my fa- I love that movie so much. Talk about a movie I watched soundtrack? over and over again from Dumb and Dumber. Dumb it's, and Dumber. Uh, oh, my God. It's, I, sorry, I haven't seen I, that movie in never, like I've, I've never seen it. I've never seen oh, it. it is, oh, it is. It's not. I mean... It's it's very nostalgic for me, I guess. So that's it's why so I love stupid. it. It holds up. Uh, it's very stupid, but it does hold up. If someone gave you like a book of curses and spells, like the first <laughs> thing they give to you, wouldn't you think that maybe they're the witch? Like using your context clues, I feel like it doesn't take like a real sleuth to think that. <laughs> Obviously, it's a red herring, but if you're him, I'm gonna think, yeah, this is, the the bitch who gave me the spell book is the witch in this town. So yeah. I don't think it's like that far off. I don't think that makes him judgmental or assuming just because she's a woman, I think it's because he's using the clues that he's been given. Yeah, he's <laughs> using deduction and logic. Yes. And I think part of it is that young Masbeth has been like a really good guide for him and he suggested that the sigil that he found under his bed was the evil eye. Which, you know, again, understandable witchcraft was frowned upon in those times. So Masbeth didn't really know what that was. He just recognized it as as a part of witchcraft and assumed that, you know, witchcraft equals evil in this case. So there's also a spider on it. Well, which is yeah. that inherently evil from the devil. <laughs> no, 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 I mustn't. <laughs> Ichabod. I mean, witchcraft has brought him nothing but pain and trauma. So yeah. exactly. That's, that's where I was going next yeah. is that, you know, his mom was a witch when he was a kid and he's repressed a lot of stuff, but you know, in the back of his mind, he knows that witchcraft leads to bad things happening. Mm. But Not Jen, necessarily you're... because it is bad, but because right. it, it is associated mm-hmm. in his mind with pain. And that's all and he death. knows. Right. I mean, think of like you, he wants to protect her. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, we find that he throws away all the evidence and he wants to just leave and let her get away with it mm-hmm. because he doesn't want the same fate to fall upon her that happened to his mom. So I get it. I mean, it makes sense that he would try to cover it up and not have her killed or burned at the stake because it doesn't matter enough, like, especially because the people that she was killing aside from the family is a justice to society. So Yeah, they kind of suck. <laughs> but Jen, you're right. The plot is kind of mystifying. <laughs> it's kind of like, yeah. it's just hard to parse out, hard to keep track of. And I think that's what makes the Miranda Richardson performance even more important because in the hands of somebody else, the reveal could be... S- such a dud such a it could fall mm-hmm. really flat and yeah. you would feel like it w- it wasn't really worth 
the journey because it is kind of a lengthy movie, mm-hmm. maybe a little too long. I mean, 18 decapitations or something like that. I read <laughs> like it's a lot to get through. Do you like yeah. a Joe Bob count? Uh, like 18 <laughs> decapitations, 18 spinning heads. <laughs> Two great pairs of tits. (laughs) Well, that leads me to my question because I had not thought about the connection. Like, I was thinking, oh, he has these fond memories of his mother. He Mm -hmm. will like someone who has who has like shown an interest in witchcraft, especially Mm -hmm. when she hears like she might have a connection with her own mother with that. But I guess you're right. Like, I could see him wanting to protect her by just saying, no, I'm just going to get out of here. But like he's, it it just strikes me as odd that somebody who is this dedicated to the law and to the facts is just going to leave town and let her keep horsing around, you know. And <laughs> so my question was, is it because he's mesmerized by her boobs? I mean, I was. <laughs> yeah, same. I think it's really because he realizes like these people aren't really worth saving. Mm, Ooh, interesting. Damn. I mean, I did write the men in this town suck. They all no, suck. They're horrible. And they, they're not even good in a crisis. The church scene no. when they're all pulling guns on each other, you know, Sleepy Hollow sucks. The people suck. And he's like going to, you know, he's like, get- no, no bad blood, like nothing lost here. Let's just get back <laughs> to why- New York. Yeah, that's why all the women are witches because they got to get shit done because <laughs> these men suck. I and she's in that she, town too. And that's why she's amazing, Lady Van Tassel, because she's ten steps ahead of everyone else at mm-hmm. all times. Like all these yeah. men are foolish, and she is. She's a planner. I bet mm-hmm. you she would have like a really nice planner, <laughs> so she <laughs> could write down all of her like all of her ideas for her villainy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine Sammy and I getting, like, transported back in time to Sleepy Hollow and walking around and just not being able to function because of all of the boobs. Oh, yeah. I would be like Doug from Up. Squirrel. Oh, yeah. But I'd be like, boobs. 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 I would be, like, just crumpling into a a corset and not being able to function. (laughs) And And Rocco would just be living his best life because it's gorgeous out there and he's immune to boobs. I would be chasing around those ducks from the opening scene. Mm -hmm. I like it. Oh, yeah. You mean the goose, Rocco? (laughs) (laughs) What a goose. Right. Oh. Well, so wrapping up this section, my last question is, is the moral of this story, be kind to witches? The moral of every story is be kind to Yes. I, I think agree with you the on moral that. of the story is colonialism bad. Like, yep. <laughs> yeah, me too. I think, um, well, we were originally supposed to record this on Indigenous People Day. Um, and I thought, like, what a coincidence, because that's really like, this is exactly what the message of the revenge story is about. Kind of, you know, of like, mm-hmm. these men have taken this land from her. And obviously, she's, you know, a, a white woman, but it was still her land. And it's the idea that it doesn't matter who owns it, because now I do. Yeah. While our lady killer does lose sight of that in the end, you can, like, all she wants to do is just take back the, the, the land that these men took from her. And I don't think that that's, that's a wrong thing to do. I think more power to her because we continue to do this. We still do it to this day, you know? So I thought it was very relevant that although all of the cast is white, you can still kind of see that no matter what g- gender or race, the white man's going to come in and take your land. <laughs> <laughs> I think Sammy nailed it. I think so too. I'd just like to congratulate all of these men on their white penises. Well, and I love his like treatment of witches in the film. Like we talked about, I think it's cool to see both sides. Like we were saying, cause you have the wicked witch and when she has her hair down, I feel like she's like unhinged and her hair's all 
prim and proper when she's like normal Lady Van Tassel. But like whenever she's doing the killings and she's like lost her mind, it's down. And I love that. What's the word I'm looking for? Like not metaphor, but kind of like to show both the sides of her. And I, I thought like every time I noticed, I was like, hair's down, she's being evil. Hair's up, she's yeah. being nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I love that this movie, like half the characters don't have names aside from their titles, even our main killer. And I love that this movie has such a simple iconography. Like it's able, I'm able to watch this movie and enjoy it and kind of mostly understand without understanding any mm-hmm. of the details of the plot. Like mm-hmm. that's why half my questions are like, what's going on? Why is she fucking that dude? You know? But it's just because like hair's down, she's evil. Gorgeous dress, she's going to give us a monologue, you know? Christina Ricci, well, those clues pale, are there, especially hair. upon rewatch. Like you can right. see the little nuances that he put to show you here's when she is nice and here's when she's bad. Mm-hmm. And it's just a, it's a fun, I think, a visual thing that I was looking for the entire movie. (laughs) But what I think it ultimately kind of tells us or what I see here is that, you know, she is still kind of justified and maybe that can move us into our next category, but like there, the women in this town are so much more interesting than the men, even, Mm -hmm. and everybody has a little bit of goodness and badness in it. (laughs) Sorry. Let's move into our next category because I think I'm maybe stepping on that a little bit. So this is good for her. Claiming she could take it no more, the young mother released the emergency brake, allowing her car to roll backwards into the nearby lake. Good for her. Which is a category where we all look directly into the camera and say, yes, we know murder is bad. (laughs) But is this good for her horror? Uh, Rocco, what do you think? Absolutely. Even if I wanted to like ding her for her methods, you know, class solidarity would prevent me from doing so. We all know how hard it is to build generational wealth in the U.S. So Uh I say fuck those men who wronged you and get your coin. Of course, she overplays her hand. And, you know, it's the funny thing I always think is like, what was her after the big reveal? What was her end game ultimately like? Yeah. Is she just going to rule over the town? Herself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it is good for her up to a point, obviously. And then she does get her comeuppance because she's just as greedy as those rotten men are. Yeah. Mm. Ain't that the truth? <laughs> While we're talking about is this good for her, I, wanna, I want to know, do we think she deserves her fate? Do we think this is a justified punishment for what she has done? And has she earned it? May, what do you think? Is this good for her horror? And... Is she going to be happy being that hell bride? I definitely think it's good for her horror up to a certain point. Sammy definitely gave me a little bit of a new perspective on this. And yeah, you're right. She she loses the thread of her revenge and she takes it a little too far when she kills her sister. I think I'm somewhere in the middle, I th- which I think I've, I've been saying this entire episode. But Sammy is our ethical queen. <laughs> I try, I'm not in real life, so... <laughs> <laughs> With other fictional Sammy, people, Sammy has no ethics in real life. No, not, not <laughs> heard it here first. Podcasting fictional ethics. characters, I can tell you exactly what they did wrong and what they did right. Can't say that for myself, but I love the idea of this woman reclaiming her land, her sexuality. Like I said before, we see that being sexual and beautiful inherently make you evil or full of sin in this narrative. And while she does prove that in the end, I do think initially it's that line of thinking that turned her into what she becomes. I think of it this way, like in a modern way, if someone calls you a slut or a whore enough times, then that's what you'll become. You know, I mean, not Mm -hmm. like you 
it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy kind of thing. You can only bully someone so much before they're going to become what you're bullying them about. You can only hear that Richard Gere dribble story so many times before you start to believe it, Sid. It sticks with you. Exactly. Like it's like it, it becomes who you are, unfortunately. And it, it's, it's kind of sad that she, she basically becomes this evil woman that people are telling her that she is. And she proves everyone right in the end, kind of that like, witches are bad because you are doing the bad thing and you're a witch. And she killed those who were undeserving the family, specifically the young boy and her sister who she was fighting for initially. I, I'm somewhere in the middle. I, I do think that I understand why. And I love that she does what she does, but I wish that she maybe reined it in a little bit and didn't go so full uh, berserker mode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Jen? I, man, I, it's good for her horror almost all the way. Like I am like, fuck those be those guys up, you know, cut their heads off. I love how specific she is. She's like, you will get the head of that unborn child too, because (laughs) nobody escapes Lady Van Tassel. I love, like, she is a fucking powerhouse in this movie and I love it so much. I agree with you that she kills people that don't deserve to die. But I and I think the flaw I have in her plan is she tries to kill witches. That's what gets me. That's where she goes too far. Like they could have a coven in that big house, you know? Oh my god, that would be great. You don't kill like like to like. You don't do that's bad. That's bad karma. I feel like in the witch exactly. world too, it's like it's gonna come back to bite you in the ass. Yeah, times three. Exactly. Yeah. The, yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> but that said, like. I feel like she has just had to suck up so much shit for her whole life that I completely understand just exploding. It's like, nope, I'm just cutting all their fucking heads off. I don't Mm -hmm. care. And I'm just taking what I want because everything has been taken from me. And I have to, like, I have to let Jeffrey Dean or Jeffrey Jones, like, eat me out to be able to get my plot accomplished. (laughs) She fucks Ferris Bueller's principal Dumbledore. Like, I'm sure someone, like, it was a rough, like, everybody's this is this is so funny though and i'm seeing like the difference between me as a male viewer of course because i don't have that emotional connection to how she Mm. has to operate as a woman in this world Uh uh-huh i see her as like she she made a deal with satan when she was a teeny tiny child so she's just hasn't uh, done that she's (laughs) she's an evil (laughs) (laughs) she's an evil badass bitch to me from the, the jump, right? Like, yeah, she yeah. just is evil. But it is interesting to hear all of you talk about it, because it's like, no, nobody is born evil. She's made this way. Mm-hmm. But there's always argument. I, I, I've, like, going back to the nurture versus nature thing, I think mm-hmm. it's fascinating as a true crime fan to really look, because sometimes I do think, like, people are maybe inherently bad. There, that happens <laughs> yeah. sometimes. I yeah. like to think it doesn't happen all the time, but if you look at some cases it's like a normal family life or nothing happened to them that would have caused them to be a serial murderer or something mm-hmm. so it can be either way and i think why why did her sister be able to be good you know what i mean why yeah. could she right. not why did she turn why didn't she turn her evil well, and when I think about like the legacy that she's going to leave behind, like they're not going to go back to New York City and Ichabod's going to be like, hey, Katrina's a witch, but she's a good witch. Like there, like there was another witch in the forest that helped us out and she was cool too. They're going to say, hey, this evil witch, this evil satanic witch killed everybody. Witches are evil. Sammy, I think you said that a little while ago. Yeah. So well, there's like, what are her, what you said earlier, what is her plan? Because there's still people in the village and you faked your own death. So what are you going <laughs> to yeah. come back I did from 
wonder dad. about like, that too. What's where, what are your next steps here? Because I'm very confused. Like, actually, you know what? I survived, and everyone yeah, else is dead. Just evil, you know. And now I'm your new. Um, I, I'm. I own the land, so you know. So being the Hessian's queen of hell, maybe. She, she she doesn't look thrilled by it, but maybe it'll be a step up for her. Maybe it'll be even better than she it could have imagined. It may okay, yeah. I mean, the Hessian may have thought his plan out because he wasn't having to plan. He was just going. So maybe he's got had time to like plan their their house that they would live in. You know, their, <laughs> their hell house. I don't want to see him go down on her, though. Not with those teeth. No. Oh, no. Oh, there was, yeah, she I'm was, sorry. I'm sorry. It's giving everybody. trouble every day. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh God. Oh, oh. Well, Oof, on that, that note, let's move on to our next category, which is die for me. We can do this the easy way or the hard way. <laughs> it's really up to you. So this is when we're going to give our final thoughts and answer the most important question of all. Would we die for her? Rocco, how about you? I'll die for her. Take my head. I'm a dumb man. I'm not using it anyway. That's it. <laughs> Straight to the point. <laughs> exactly. <yeah. laughs> May, what about you? Yes, absolutely. I would totally die for her. Honestly, I'd rather not die for her, though. I'd rather just, you know, be her evil princess with her. You know, you want me to lick the blood off your hand and go down on you in the woods? Okay, sure. Let's Sign me up. Start sharpening those teeth, May. <laughs> I'm kidding. Don't don't do that. It's actually this is this is a cautionary tale about what happens when you don't have any girlfriends. That is <laughs> when true. Will play with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amy, how about you? You're gonna die for for Lady Von Tassel. So Miranda Richardson, uh, we've already discussed it a thousand percent. My type. She's just stunning. My friends and I in our insane group chat that we have have this joke for beautiful tall women where we go, uppy mommy. Which is, <laughs> <laughs> is disgusting. I know. Oh, so no. gonna be, sorry, <laughs> mommy, sorry. The meme, I, oh my god. The that, entire mm. movie, I would just I she would come on screen and Mike would be sitting next to me and I went, Uppy mommy, and he was like, What the fuck is that? And so I had to explain <laughs> the entire joke. Um and it's not as funny when you have to explain it, but in our group chat it hits every time. But so <laughs> I'm just, I'm so attracted to her. I typically like love this type of character. You would think that I would die for her. She has all the makings of a woman I would die for. I'm a sucker for a bad bitch, a bad bitch that gives off Lizzie Borden vibes too, which mm-hmm. is like a connection to Christina Ricci because eventually she would go on to play Lizzie Borden when she kills with the axe. That's what I kept thinking the entire time. But I mean, I truly would get on my knees and bark like a dog for this woman. So <laughs> I absolutely Same. would. I would die for her if only <laughs> she didn't kill her sister. And I think that's as someone who is like <laughs> cosmically linked to my sister in all ways. There would never be a scenario in which I could kill her or condone someone killing their own regardless of what they did. I mean, I would kill for my sister. If my sister called me up right the second and needed help burying a body, I would get on a plane with bleach and a shovel right now. It's just, that's <laughs> what I would do. <laughs> I just love that Sammy is okay with like a score of deaths, but as soon as it's a family member, she oh, says no. Sister. No, it's her sister in particular. It's, it's sister in particular and that she is undeserving of it. Like you were, you know, this whole thing started because you were or under the guise that you were trying to get revenge for your family and that's your family and then you killed your family. <laughs> 
Sammy's like, make it make sense. Make yeah, it make so, sense, like, Lady Van Tassel. Guys, she was a goose. That's why she got killed. And she wasn't a explain, goose. Like the family killing. I'm like, you. She really can't didn't abide have to kill a goose. Kid. You and I think um, if she had just killed the members of her local government because I could support her. Because again, who of us has not wanted to do that? <laughs> but she took innocence, and so for that, I cannot die for her. Although I would like to. That's yeah. <laughs> doesn't really make sense, but I'd love to die for her, but I can't. No, I, th- I think we all understand. We can oh, you, yeah, Jen. Totally. Oh, I'm dying for her. Yeah, I think I love her so much. I love that she's just like, I gave my heart to Satan. That's what I did, you know? And I killed a whole bunch of people. Like, I just, she's got such a great monologue at the mm-hmm. end. That dress, I would just die for her just because she's wearing that dress. Mm-hmm. I understand, like, it does bug me that she kills her. So, like, think how powerful they could be together. Exactly. You know? It could like be like Twitches. Elphaba and <gasps> Linda. Twitches! I love Twitches and Twitches too. Oh my God. <laughs> I, uh, Twitches too wasn't as good. The first it's not as good, great. but I'll still put it on. <laughs> I know that, but I gotta. Ch- if it's about witches, I need to know. It's a Tia and Tamara Maori um, from yeah. Sister Sister, which is like one of my favorites. It's a Disney Channel original movie. It's, it's pretty great. <laughs> oh, I remember. Okay, I think I know what you're talking about now. They're twins but- separated at birth who turn out witches. to be witches, witches. and they find out on their 16th birthdays. <gasps> As you do. Even you though know? I'm pretty sure both actresses were like 28 when it was filmed, but <laughs> it's great. I highly suggest it. Suggestions from Sammy. Watch Twitches. <laughs> now, if any of you sons of bitches got anything else to say, now's the fucking time! All right, well, let's wrap up with some plugs. Uh, Rocco, where can listeners find you online? You can find me on Twitter at Rocco T. Thompson. And of course, as usual, on Instagram at Rosemary's underscore Gaby. Love that. And uh, May, where can listeners find you? You can find me at Everson Poe on pretty much any social media platform. You can find my music at eversonpoe.bandcamp.com. And... Should I tell everyone where to find our podcast? Please. Okay. So on Twitter and Blue Sky, we're at the Lady K Pod. And on Instagram, we're at the Lady Killers Pod. It wasn't taken, so I was pretty stoked on it. I know. <laughs> yeah. Not bitter about the other names being taken at <laughs> all. <laughs> Sammy, where can listeners find you? As always, you can find me at SRK Doll on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to follow my reading adventures, that's SRK Doll Reads on Instagram. And as you know, I am chief social media losers club gal. So if you're ever on there, you're talking to me, bitch. So that's where you can get a hold of me. <laughs> and you can find me at Jim Ferratu on various social media places. You can find me co-hosting the Losers Club podcast and the Girls on the Boys podcast and the White Ladies in Crisis podcast on the Anatomy of <laughs> Pod Squad. And, oh, and I also have a column about female killers at Dread Central. So check that out Woo. also. Woo-hoo. Yeah. And that is it for our episode on Lady Von Tossel and Sleepy Hollow. Thank you so much for joining us. And if you liked this episode, please give us a quick rate and review on Apple iTunes. It is one of the best ways to help people find the pod, and it makes us feel good. That's a little shout-out to psychoanalysis. (laughs) We will be back in two weeks to talk about a movie I know we are all very thankful for. And, Sammy, this was your suggestion. What are we watching next? The Craft. This is one of my favorite movies ever. I love this movie so much, so I'm really excited to cover it because... 
uh, this might be my first I would die for her. So. Oh, and we all know Jen is dying because we're talking witches again. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. I, I love it so much. And I haven't seen this movie in a while. So oh, I'm, I'm really I'm, excited to revisit. I can't wait. I think it's playing at the Alamo, too. So I might go see it in theaters. Oh, oh sweet. yeah, it mm-hmm. is. Yeah, it's the kind of episode that gives you back three more episodes and returns you in threefold. I don't know if that worked. It worked. <laughs> hey, Future May. <laughs> but until then, remember, ladies and ladies, support women's rights, support women's wrongs, and remember, gaslight, oh, no, girl boss, and watch your head. <laughs> Ooh.